Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only. Tim Ring filling in for Gambo this week. What's going on, Ringer? Zee, what is up? Oh, I, th- I thought we would have sparkling Suns news to discuss on this day after a know, sensational win last night. I was all set, too, to open the show with, man, what a great win. Look how dumb the talk show hosts are. I was I was quoting the untouchables. They're bringing a knife to a gunfight. You were saying that Bridges and Aiton and Paul had to combine for 30 apiece. It's like oh, all this doom and gloom yesterday, and they kicked Memphis's ass yesterday, and I was so excited about I, talking about that today. Oh, it was the beatdown on Beale Street. We didn't know Dwayne Washington Jr. was going to turn into Steph Curry for the night, but he did, and yeah, it was glorious. I know. We were all set to just have... And, but, you know, we're supposed to have some fun today. But it's not the headline. No, it's it not is the not the headline. headline. That's just the perfect way for us to play this. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. The headline is this. Devin Booker will be, and here is the key word to this phrase, will be reevaluated by the Phoenix Suns in four weeks. Reevaluated. We were talking about this literally 30 seconds ago before we turned on these microphones. Devin Booker isn't just out for four weeks. Devin Booker is going to be reevaluated in four weeks, which suggests that Devin Booker might be out. Longer than four weeks. The fun of last night's win, well, it lasted about 16 hours or so, and now it is gone, baby, gone. we got to talk about no Devin Booker for at least a month, Ringer. Well, clearly it's not good news, and the reevaluated part is, is scary because this could be a five-week. It could be a six-week. could linger well into February. We don't know. The Suns clearly are are extremely reliant on Booker. Mm-hmm. Last night, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to praise the Suns for what they did last night. I don't think that's sustainable. Dwayne Washington Jr. is not going to average 26 points a game. They're going to need Devin Booker yep. <laughs> back as soon as possible. That's yep. Yep. Okay, that, that, that's, that's, that's obvious. Let's look, at, let's look at the good news, though, a little bit. It's still December. Mm-hmm. We assume he's going to be back. This is not going to knock them out of the playoff race. I don't think so. There is going to be ample time to get him back, get Cam Johnson back, and still make a very, very decent, I should say, run uh, to a decent seed in the postseason. The question is, what is this going to look like for the next four to five to six weeks prior to the All-Star break? Yeah. That's that that's and that's an unknown because, you know, there are there are certainly there are there are a lot of speed bumps on that schedule. There's a lot of good teams between now and mid-February. A lot of good teams. And you could have Devin Booker. No. And we don't know when Cam's going to be back. Well, if you're going to go with it, you don't even know how bad Chris Paul got dinged again. Well, he, says he, be, he says he's fine, he but says he, be okay he said he was fine after the heel injury against Philly, and he ended up missing 14 games. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I want to take him at his word, but the Philly injury was supposed to be not that big of a deal, and he was out a month uh, with 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 that injury. It, it's to me, it, it's a it's a two. It's the main question becomes one of seeding. 
Okay, you're right. Timing wise, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's not. This is not end of the world type stuff. If this were March, we're screwed. If this if this were you know late March and this is coming down, we're we're talking about late. a season that's not going to go anywhere. Bernsey, I would even say if this was late February, I would be. I got a lot of buttons in front of me. None of them are a panic button. I'm not put. I'm not pushing any of these. Well, that's not right true. Now. There, there's one that says dump when Gambo drops an f bomb on the air. That that's my panic button. I, <laughs> I I I have a button here that I press when things go wrong, and that's when Gambo starts cursing on the air. I oh, is to, that, I, that is, is that what that means? I thought it was when you had to go to the bathroom. No, yes, come on, <laughs> hey, come five on! Five minutes and thirty nine uh, seconds into this show, what are you show talking you put about? It the already. For permission, you've got to request it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to let you know. We're going to let you know we're going to the bathroom. It's a direct Hotline to the boss. Uh, boss, can I use the restroom here? <laughs> Mitch is like, no, we don't have a long enough break. Okay, okay. Hey, it just oh, lit no. up. It Mitch, just lit up. Mitch is not the person I need to. I need to ask permission for from that. It goes higher than that. It goes. <laughs> it goes higher than Mitch for that. <laughs> it's, hey, it's very important. Right? Uh, the good time times. spent listening in the quarter hours and good things like that. Times. No, but it comes. It comes down to seating. It comes down to now. Like we had a poll question yesterday. It was a fine poll question. If perfectly healthy, what seed would you put? the sun's at one two three four that question now has to totally be reassessed okay because i i don't think you can missing at least 15 games of devin booker probably more games of devin Booker. probably more i i don't think you can realistically now if i'm wrong great i'm wrong i think the one seed the two seed the three seed i don't feel like those are in reach anymore for a team that's going to be missing devin booker for at least 15 games that's where i think we have to reassess here they're, they're not I think we have to throw that out the window. That that that, that the Suns. If I'm James Jones and I'm Monty Williams and I'm even in that Suns locker room now, I think they have to totally recalibrate how they think and assess this season. It's it's no longer about a number one seed or securing home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Yeah. Their their goal right now is to a get healthy, b figure out what they're going to do with their roster in terms of who they're going to acquire before the February 9th trade deadline. Secure that. Get Cam Johnson healthy, back in rhythm, shooting the ball. Get Booker's groin healthy again, so he's good to go down the stretch. And then figure out how many games you can win to get the best seed possible. Now, there are... Oh, is this the plan? I got a plan. Do you guys want to hear my plan? Yeah, we do. We've got just the right amount of time left in the segment here for you to break out the Tim Ring Survival Guide for the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Lay it on me, big fella. Now, Let's go. I think this is realistic, and, and I think this is the way they have to look at it and recalibrate their season. Okay. Okay, so there are the, the a couple key dates. The, the trade deadline is February 9th, so you're going to have your roster set by then. The All-Star break is February 16th. Uh, that's the Suns' final game. Uh, the game is a few days later, but the, their last game is the 16th. Okay. So between now and the All-Star break, the Suns have 26 games. Assuming Devin Booker's out for all of them, or maybe comes back for the last three or four, at best-case scenario, okay. if the Suns can just stay around the 500 mark, let's say best-case scenario, they finish... 13 and 13 or 14 and 12 in that scenario. Okay. Okay. That puts them at the all star break. Again, five games over 500 at that point. Okay. They can finish five games over 500 at the all star break. That's if they finish 13 and 13. If they finish a couple games better than that or one game over 500, uh, even better, right? Okay. So then they retake the court Friday, February 24th versus Oklahoma City. That is late February. 
let's just assume and hope and pray that Devin Booker is 100% healthy by then. Okay. They also will have, in theory, a more complete roster. The trade deadline will have passed. They will have acquired, in theory, their name your guy, your Kyle Kuzma, your whoever that guy may be. So now you're ready to roll February 24th, and there are 22 games remaining. Okay. At that point, if you can go 17 or five, 17 and five, or 16 and six in those final 22 with a fully healthy, re-fortified roster, that'll put you right around the 50 win mark. Okay. If history is any guide, 50 wins in the Western Conference, and again, you can't go totally by history, but generally speaking, you will be in contention for a four seed. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. You're not getting the one seed or the two seed with all these injuries. That's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you can stay, if these last 26 games before the All-Star break, if you can hold the fort, and play 500 basketball, and then come out of that all-star break on February 24th, and in your last 22 games, hit the pedal, and play lights-out basketball, and go 16-6 and six or 17-5, and five, you will be in contention. And, and that's not, I don't think 16-6 and six and 17-5 and five is ridiculous, right? Do you guys agree? It's not like I'm saying, if they could go 20-2 and two no. in their last 22, no, 17-5, and 16-6. They were, what, 16-7, and seven, I think, before it all kind of went to crap, if right. I remember right? I mean, so, no, it's, that's, so, and, so, and that's doable. So yeah, that's doable. I, I, and I think, five, I think playing 500 basketball with Bridges, Aiton, and Chris Paul, if he can go, I think that's doable. Now, if they don't, if they play six games under five hundred over these last twenty six before the All Star break, it's going to be really hard to get a top four yeah. seed. I, I was li- I'm listening to you because I, I I like the plan. I like where you're going. That's what I, I, I just, just think kind of think that way. I was just kind of looking back at standings in years past, and it's a little tricky because obviously there were shorter seasons where they didn't play as many games because of COVID and pandemic and whatnot. For the most part, you get to fifty. Yeah, you're looking at four or five fifty. I think mostly keeps you out of the plan. It seems to be, you know, maybe you're four, maybe you're five, but if you don't want to fall to seven, eight, nine, ten, right? If if the goal is to be top six and not have to play in the play-in, 50 probably gets you there. 50 will likely get you there and you'll be safe. You may not get a four. If you win fifty, but you're 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 da- you're dancing with you're dancing with some other teams, yeah. And then who knows? You know, if you, maybe are, are those are those first nineteen games or first tw- you know sixteen games out of the All Star break, you realize that hey man, we real we got to win out to to get that four seed. You know, maybe you do finish better than sixteen and six or seventeen and five because that carrot is hanging out there. I'm just I, I just think that. This is the hand they've been dealt, Bernsey. Like they're they're just you know these these next twenty six games before the All Star break. It, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to win, especially seventeen, eighteen, nineteen games it's out of those twenty six. You, you, you look at the schedule; it's tough, and, and we'll do that a little later too. You look at the you look at the schedule of games that you know he's going to miss, and it's it's tough. It's tough. But, and it, and one more thing. I mean, 
maybe Booker comes back for a few of those games before the All-Star break, and you have a chance to finish better than 13-13. and 13. Maybe. When we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show, by the way, that was the Devin Booker survival plan, and it was brought to you by Notre Dame football. Tim Ring, very favorite thing in the whole world. Has nothing to do with the Devin Booker survival plan. I was just thinking of something that's, that's right. near and dear to your heart. That's the first thing that popped into my head. J.J. Watt is retiring come season's end. He literally just spoke on his decision moments ago. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show with Tim Ring filling in. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. It reminded me of that meme where uh, it says like me, uh, like a healthy 33-year-old, a whole life ahead of me, like young with the whole world in front of me. And then sportscaster, look at this 33-year-old medical miracle somehow somehow making it work on the football field at age 33, nearly dead. Like, like I'm young. Like, that's, that's like, I don't want that to get lost. Like, I'm 33 years old. I feel like I'm young. I have a whole life in front of me. Uh, and I'm, I feel great. You know, my body feels great. I'm really just looking forward to uh, the future whatever that may be. That was J.J. Watt moments ago, Mitch. That was in reference to a meme that he saw. What were you saying after the game? So he was saying that he saw some post-game discussion after the game, and then he was reminded of said meme that he just explained about being 33 years old in sports is basically being on death's doorstep. Okay, yeah. that's. I mean, you kind of are when you, I mean, if we're just being, if you're just being honest about it, you're 33 years old. Now, the, there's no doubt in either of our minds, Tim Ring in for Gambit today that J.J. Watt could have easily played until he was 34, 35. But yeah, you get to be 33. You're practically ancient in certain circles, in certain sports, right? Right. And, but it's a great perspective by Watt as a reminder to everybody that sometimes when fans or media perceive you as a very ancient and old football player, that bleeds into an ancient and old guy. Right. And it's a good reminder to all that in the real world, 33 is really young. I would kill to be 33. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and plus he's, he's just been around, and I'm sure everybody oh, else God. that's our age, Dave, in the early 50s would just would kill to be 33. Oh, it's like such an old man. Well, it's I true. Could, if I, I mean, could go into a time machine and talk to my 33-year-old self, I, I mean, in addition to the things I would tell him to bet on, I mean, just the aside general... From the, yeah, aside from that, just the general advice yes. I would give to that. Oh, my God. Yes. The things I would And say. the Mega Millions numbers. But I, but but right, like you have this perception because he's been around for a while and his body's broken down that, you know, J.J. Watt's an older guy. And I'm sure every guy in his car driving around right now that's over the age of 50 is probably shaking his head going, yeah, 33 is really freaking young, yeah, you know, really and, 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 and he's got his whole life ahead of him. So, like, also uh, along those same lines, when he goes into AFib as a 33-year-old, that'll scare the bejesus out of you. Yeah. Right? Because he's, 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 he's thinking, gotta, I'm just 33. I yeah, just I'm 33 got... and I'm putting my my body through all this stuff and the weight training and the physicality of the NFL and, and playing in the Big Ten and he probably looked at it and said, you know what, I got I 
got a young baby, and it's time for me to do something else. And as we talked about yesterday, he could do anything he wants. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, and I've got some sound bites on that. I, I don't know if this directly relates to what you just said. But like I said, J.J. Watt just got done with his media availability about a half hour ago. And credit to Mitch for turning this and burning this as quickly as he did, because we've got all these great cuts in front of us. When did J.J.'s priorities change from football to other things? Here's what he said. I don't really know the answer to that. I, I think that... The passion, I mean, that's part of the reason, like I talk about with the passion, the energy, and the week-to-week, and the mental stress, and, and all of it, that's never changed. So I've added some incredible new pieces to my life with my wife and with my son that certainly um, take a lot of my focus and my energy, but the wins and the losses of every single week and the, the energy and the force that I put into every week and the preparation has never changed. Um, and I think that's honestly part of the reason that it's time to walk away is because I I don't want all my energy to go that anymore. Mm. Now, he didn't specifically mention anything about the AFib. I didn't listen to the whole press conference, so maybe he did at some point. But he didn't cite that there. But I thought that was interesting end to that answer of the question like like Prior- I, priorities, priorities. I, I want my priorities to go somewhere else you know I, I want to get so not so wrapped up in the wins and the losses and the things that have to take place for that to happen I thought that was good well, we saw it on Hard Knocks last week the way J.J. Watt plays the game he doesn't just show up you know when he's supposed to be there J.J. Watt pours every ounce of energy physical and mental might he has into playing this game and that's why He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I don't think J.J. Watt can play the game any other way, Bernsey. And if he can't do that anymore, or I guess I really should say it this way, if he doesn't want to do it that way anymore, and he wants to be with his wife, and he wants to be with his child, and the AFib thing to me that just more to me that just makes common sense. I'm sure that scared the hell out of him. It would scare the hell out of anybody. Absolutely. Here's more from Watt. I'm ready for. I'm ready to not commit all my energy to that. I'm ready to uh, watch my son grow up. I'm ready to spend time, more time with my wife. Uh, I'm ready for a new challenge, whatever that new challenge may be. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else is out there. Sorry, that was kind of the companion cut to the last one we just played. I should have played both. Um, have you gotten any calls from the TV networks yet? I'm sure I have. I don't know. I haven't I haven't, uh, I haven't. haven't looked at my phone a whole lot the last couple of days. I'm trying, slowly trying to get back to all the text messages and the, and the nice, nice heartfelt messages from everybody um, I'm gonna definitely after the season you know read them again because it's emotional I mean there's a whole lot of people and in, in, I've realized how how many people truly are special and care and I'm very thankful for all the great people real quick before you react Cliff Kingsbury today uh, who said he was not aware JJ was gonna announce his retirement on social media doesn't see what coaching sees him in the movies. No, I would say Hollywood before coaching. That is. <laughs> him and The Rock would be a good tanner. <laughs> See who called it first? Who called it first, guys? That's right. Cue the tape up from yesterday. Uh, Who's always on top of these things? <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Cliff was listening to the show. He yesterday. might have been. Well, he might have been. He's I'm, a sure. Fan. He's I'm a, sure Cliff's a big fan of the yeah, he's, he's faithful, show. Faithful yeah. listener. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's no doubt. He was also asked if there was this. Back to JJ now. If there was a singular moment that triggered the decision to retire, this might be the clarification we're looking for here. Let's see. No, no. I mean, uh, I, I definitely knew that I wanted to play, be playing good ball. Like I, I mean, I've, I've obviously gone through some injuries um, over my career, and that's extremely frustrating uh, because I know 
what I'm capable of, and I know uh, who I can be and who I should be as a player. And there's been years where I haven't been able to display that, and I haven't been able to be that player, and that hurt. Um, there's no question about it. And being able to play good ball, being able to leave good memories, being able to um, have some some good film to show my son. Um, that, that was definitely important to me, and so I think that's also part of the reason that, you know, despite playing decent ball right now, it's a good time to walk away. It was Mina Kimes on Twitter yesterday who had said, and she's right, how impressive it is to see an athlete retire when there's still something left in there. You know, because more often than not, professional athlete will will drain it dry, they'll, right? They'll roll that toothpaste at, tube at, up right to the very right. last toothbrush worth, right? Yeah. JJ has left some toothpaste in the tube, and it is impressive to see somebody walk away knowing I can absolutely still make a difference and still play at this level. Which is why it'll be interesting to see if JJ Watt ever considers coming back to play sometime in the next 12 months. Did you see the Andrew Whitworth news? For exactly that reason, uh, yeah. That, let, me, let me tell you a quick story in a, in a minute here. When Michael Jordan first retired, okay, I don't think Michael was as old as J.J. I'll have to look that up. But Michael Jordan, I was watching that press conference with my dad, and Michael Jordan gave a, 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 a quip about what is he going to do. And he said, I'm going to watch the grass grow, then I'm going to cut it. <laughs> and my dad looked at me and said, you know what he's going to find out soon, Tim? I said, what, Dad? He said, that watching the grass grow is really freaking boring. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and said, he'll be back. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. And that is why you have seen time and time again, Dave, when guys retire with stuff in the tank, and they have these illusions of being with the baby and being with the wife and going on walks. Yeah. It sounds great. And then you miss it. I think and Mitch, you find out the real world, it's kind of boring. I think Mitch might have a cut on this one. You guys might regret it concerning how well you've been playing. No. Um, no. I'm, how do you know you? Um, because I'm, I'd much rather go out playing good football, knowing that I could still play and knowing that hopefully people remember me playing good football than to go out limping out and being forced out and knowing that I probably should have done it earlier. Okay, but everybody says that on the day. I know. Or the I know. day after. I know. The You're not wrong. Tom, everybody's, everybody says that. Tom Brady spent two months in the parent pickup line at school. It said the hell with this. It said the hell with this. <laughs> How long are these lines? Oh, my God. How long do I have to sit here before the kids get in the car? Does the, does the person in front of me not know this is the lane for pickup and that's the lane for drop-off? I mean, come on. You're in the wrong lane. lane. The, you're killing me. The here. laundry never stops. <laughs> We're out of cereal and milk already. I just went three days ago. Uh, something tells me those aren't Tom Brady problems at all. No, you're... you're and the Whitworth news, for those who didn't hear... Um, the Bengals lost their right tackle over the weekend, and Whitworth was asked by Schrager, Peter Schrager, on his podcast, and Whitworth said, yeah, I might. If they asked, I might go play for the Bengals this year, even though I retired last year with the Rams. I mean, it, so it's it's a very it's a very real thing. This thing that you speak of, no Jordan, doubt. Jordan, Favre, Gronkowski, Brady. I could go. I, we, we spent a half hour talking about guys that thought they were done, and they find out I'm not. 
Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open at 620-620. Last night was the Dwayne Washington Jr. game, and as it turns out, the Suns needed every bit of it last night. They'll need every bit of it moving forward. That's next. Ringer in for Gambo on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Here's a poll question. Of the four of us on the Burns and Gambo show, which one of us has appeared in a major motion picture? Let me guess. Tim Ring. Is Todd Walsh here? <laughs> no, Todd. If Todd Walsh were filling in today, he would uh, he would have us all for being in Can't Buy Me Love, playing a credited role. Are, are you in the credits of this movie that you I, showed me? I am in the credits. I am I am IMDB certified. Are you really? Like, if I looked up Tim Ring on IMDB? Absolutely. What movie? Well, all right, here's where, here's how we got here. We were discussing great football players or any football players that turned into actors. And Reggie White made a movie in 95 uh, called Reggie's Prayer. And I was in that movie playing a reporter. I can fact check this. I pulled it up as he was speaking. IMDB, Tim Ring. It's there. Tim's tweeted out the video before, too. A nice, suave, and dressed well, Tim Ring. That's right. Four and a half stars for Reggie's Prayer. That's it got four and a half stars, yeah. You can find it on uh, Amazon Prime. I encourage everybody to watch it today and tonight. It's with your whole family. It's good, wholesome family I'm, fun. I'm sure I'm sure it's uh, so it a was wonderful a, motion picture. I was yeah. in a movie. I was in it with Pat Morita. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, we we were in it together. Yeah, I got to meet Mr. Miyagi, and uh, I feel so a couple other dudes inadequate right now. He's got a whole bio on there, man. Like multiple sentences, <laughs> multiple sentences. Not just Tim Ring played a sportscaster in this movie. No, it's the autobiography of him. Man. Wow, everything you want to know about Tim, just IMDb Tim Ring. Find you know what? Everything my, you uh, know about him. My phone never rang after that scene. Odd. It's kind of odd. Kind of disappointed. Well, it, no, it, it rings every time Gambo's on vacation because you know we're, we're calling asking if you'd fill in. Hollywood that. Burns and Gambo show. Uh, uh. Slight difference. All right, someone's too big time for us. Let's see if uh, he can lower his standards for a moment to this uh, answer this poll question we've got for you here. Eric, you're on. What do you got for us today? Are you, did you pull up the scene? Are you? No, I'm not playing it. I, I heard somebody. Oh, that's me. Oh, it's, that's Tim. Oh, sorry. That's just the movie scene I'm in. Sorry, guys. Sorry. My bad. My bad, oh, wait. Oops. I, well, Who's I right there? Wait, hit, guys, this is where I, I talk. I accidentally <laughs> hit play on my phone. Oops. How did that happen? Everybody, Jeez. This everybody, is a gather around. Uh, Sorry, Tim. Maybe we can get more into the movies at four thirty. But what do you got? Uh, let me be a mood killer here. Devin Booker's out for a minimum of four weeks. Now, you guys will talk to James Jones later today. But we had to ask everybody: Does this increase the urgency of a Jay Crowder trade? You've got three options. Option number one: Absolutely, it does. This is a big time guy missing. Option number two is: You still want to be patient, still wait for the best deal. Even if it takes a while. And option number three is it didn't take this. Urgency was already high before Booker got injured. Mm. A. Time to go make a deal. Time to go make a deal. Yeah, it's time to make a deal. I and I, I, I mean, okay. At this point, it's what January? It's December twenty eighth, January fifteenth. There are more guys eligible. I, I, I suppose if you want to wait. Two more weeks because there's a guy out there you might be able to get on January 15th, but it, I, it's it's time to 
you need some reinforcements and you kind of need them now. Again, I, I can't stress enough how the, I, I just feel like this whole season has to be kind of recalibrated. I mean, to me, the Phoenix Sun season starts after the All-Star break. So if you can get the best guy after January 15th and that's going to give you the best chance to make a deep playoff run, then so be it. I, I, I want I want the best roster possible coming out of the All-Star break on Friday, February 24th for a final 22-game regular season so I, run. So I would interpret that then as not necessarily an increase in urgency right now. That, that, that there's still a little bit of a slow play element to this for you? Am I, I, am I reading you right? Well, I think there's I think there's urgency Slow play, slow play, urgency. I, I mean, I think there's got to be urgency in everything that you do. But it's if it's not code red yet, you're not all the way there. It doesn't need to happen tomorrow. If it means, if it means you get a lesser player because you're being quick, hyper urgent, then no, I, I, okay. I, I'm not in that camp. Okay. What's our audience saying this one? Fifty point three percent going with urgency has increased. It's time to make a move. Thirty three point three percent in second place say still wait for best deal. Sixteen point five percent were already pushing the panic button pre Booker injury. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Damian Lee off to the races the other way gives to Wayne. Right, left corner three for Washington. He gets knocked down, counted, and the foul, the tray, and the trouble for Wash. Dwayne Washington Jr. Um, brought the really, really big knife to the gunfight, or the Memphis Grizzlies forgot their guns. One of the two, because the Suns team that looked like they were bringing a knife to a gunfight instead handed it to the Memphis Grizzlies last night. We were all set to lead the show with this, and then J.J. Watt addressed the media today, and the Suns announced Devin Booker will be reevaluated in four weeks the groin injury. This was going to be our top story of the day, because that was maybe... The best win of the season last night for the Phoenix Suns. You could make the argument very easily that it was. Well, a couple things. The, 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 you could never underestimate the heart of a, of a team and the fight and the will of men when they go out there and collectively uh, try to attain a goal. The Suns came out breathing fire after yes. what happened Friday night at home. And... We talked about it yesterday on the air, like, okay, where's the offense going to come from? I mean, I thought, I thought Bridges, uh, uh, Aiton and Paul were going to have monster, we're going to, we're going to have to have monster nights to, to offset a Grizzlies team that almost had the Suns almost outmanned physically. And in the case of John Moran, like really, there's nobody really to guard that guy uh, for the Suns. And, you know what? You don't underestimate sometimes is, is the will of people. And, and two things happen in that game. One, credit Patrick Mutombo, the assistant coach, for giving Monty Williams the idea. Look, as, as long as you don't have Booker and Shamit now, instead of just plugging in another two guard, go big. Because remember, Bernsey, I talked about it yesterday. They got a problem with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. There's right. only one Aiton. He's guarding one of those guys. There's nobody else to guard the other guy. And those guys on Friday night at Footprint Center, you would have thought they were Wilt Chamberlain and Moses Malone, mm-hmm. the way they dominated the Suns. And Landell, for his credit, to his credit, he neutralized. Those guys were non-factors last night, especially on the glass, right? I mean, they combined for 22 rebounds yeah. uh, in, in, in Phoenix. And last night, it, 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 not, not, even, not even close to that in terms of influential uh, rebounds, especially on the offensive glass. And then Dwayne Washington Jr., man. Hey. I mean, you, you were wondering where the offense was going to come from. Hello. Fill it, big fella. Fill Dude. it. Dude. Yep. I mean, and, and big baskets, too. Big baskets. 
I mean, corner threes going out of bounds, falling on his butt, getting, getting fouled hit. by John Morant, right? Like catch and shoot so quick, just no. I mean, not even thinking about it, almost at an unconscious type level where it was just catch, shoot, and don't even think about whether it's going to go in or not. The guy can score. There's no doubt about that. The but guy that, can score. That was above and beyond though normal abilities, and sometimes that's what it takes to win a game like that on the road. And the guy was sensational, and five for nine from three, but they were all big threes as the Suns kind of built that lead and didn't let it go. Now Morant went off. They cut that lead to six. And I'll be damned, Dwayne Washington Jr. and the Suns got that thing right back up to 19. Yeah, they won that. And the game game was over. And then one more thought on Washington Jr. When Chris Paul went out, D-Wash played point. Yeah. He handled the point down the stretch. And and he was hitting step-back jumpers. And that was the big thing for him, that he needed to kind of learn how to play point. That's why, you know, part of his development, and he's also Dwayne Washington Jr., right? He was always going to be kind of at the end of the bench. But part of it for him was just learning how to play point guard and kind of figuring out how to play point guard. I thought all of that, yeah... I also thought the energy level from Tory Craig was through the roof. I thought the energy level from Josh Okogie was through the roof last night. I, I mean, they were it, to beat a team like that and not have to play Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, to not have to play Mikel Bridges in the fourth quarter, or DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it, it just was never. I mean, at one point, Dale Jenkins pulled his entire starting unit off the floor with about what eight minutes to go in the game. Like done, Uncle, we're out. See ya. He, he pulled the high school coach move, like. All you guys, you're out. Yeah, he pulled. He pulled his starters, and, and it wasn't like it was a like a red flag thing. It was like he was so pissed at them. Yeah, he yanked them off the floor, and we wonder where the offense was going to. If you would have told me before the game that um, yeah, Mikel's going to have ten, Aiden's going to have fifteen, Chris Paul's going to have fourteen, and leave the game hurt, how's this game going to end? I would have been like Grizzlies by a hundred. Mm-hmm. And this, it was mean, impressive. It, that's why you don't gamble on games in the NBA, Dave yeah, Burns. Yeah, that's why you don't. You know, listen, the guys like me and Tim will tell you the Suns are going to get blown out. Suns and the Wizards tonight at 5 o'clock. Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations. January is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients in need. So please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th at Vitalant, Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at Vitalant.com. Org slash save az. Big win for the Suns. Big win for the Coyotes last night at Mullet Arena. And he was a big part of the offensive charge. Lawson Krause, Coyotes winger, joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Double dose of wins last night for the local teams. Suns beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the Coyotes, their success in their temporary home continued last night, certainly in the month of December, with a win over the defending champ Colorado Avalanche. And joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, who scored the second goal last night. Very nice backhander. Lawson Krause joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show with Tim Ring filling in. Lawson, I'm Dave. This is Tim. Welcome to the show. Congrats on the uh, month of December and the win last night. It's been fun to watch. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Tell me about what has led to the success for you guys, not only at home, but against some of the better teams that you guys have played as of late. Because it's it's not it's not just success; it's success against some of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, it's just that competitive nature. Um, you know, all the guys on the team. We we, we look. 
you know, teach and every game is an opportunity to win and to grow. So, um, you know, we've been approaching it with the right attitude. And obviously at Mullet, we've been on fire. And, um, you know, credit to the fans that have been coming out and, um, you know, really making it a fun atmosphere to play in. So a lot of credit to the fans. Yeah, Lawson, I want to I want to ask you about Mullet. Obviously, it was the it was the talk of the off season, but then when you go on a fourteen game road trip, you couldn't really talk to you guys about playing at home when you were out of that building for so long. But now five one and one at Mullet since that that long road trip came to an end. So so just tell me about it. I mean, you guys feel like you got the home ice advantage now. What is the environment like now that you got you know more than a handful of games there under your belt? Describe first what it's like to play in your new temporary home. Yeah, you know, it's starting to feel like um, we have that, that home ice advantage and, um, you know, teams that, that come from, you know, the East Coast that are only playing there one time, I, sometimes I, I don't necessarily think they, they know what to expect. So we kind of have the upper hand in that edge and, um, you know, being there for however many games it has been now, we've been playing great hockey and, um, you know, it's a lot of fun to, to play in that rink. It's Yes, it is tiny, but, um, you know, the atmosphere is outstanding and, um, really brings a lot of energy to our group. And, um, you know, when there's a big hit or, uh, you know, a nice play or uh, uh, even a goal, you know, the, cl- the crowd's going, um, going nuts. So um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, to your point, I, I would have to imagine, not that this is the only reason why you guys have had this success at home, but there's got to be a little bit of shock value to it, right? Like, you've, if you're a player in the league, you've probably heard the stories, you've seen some video or whatever, but until you experience how different it is, I, I would imagine it does take a little getting used to it. Certainly, I imagine it took some getting used to for you guys, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I look back at, at our first game that we had there, um, you know, a while ago. Um, yeah, it was, it was very much different, but, um, you know, it kind of reminded me of, uh, my days back in junior and, um, you know, I would think back before we even got into the mullet that, you know, I had a lot of fun playing in those rinks and, um, you know, when it's jam packed each and every night, it gets, uh, incredibly loud and, um, you just have to, you know, find a way to use that to your advantage. And, um, yeah, to what you said, it's, you know, it's probably a shock for, for some teams to come in there and, um, play, play in that rink. But, um, at the end of the day, it's the same size ice surface and, um, you know, still playing the game that we love. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, credit to our fans for coming out every night and packing that house. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to play in. Well, hopefully the Leafs will be a little bit distracted tomorrow night. So Toronto's in town at Mullet uh, tomorrow, Lawson. Now, they have the third best record in hockey. Now, I only bring that up because you guys have already taken down the teams with the two best records in hockey in Boston and Carolina already this season. And as we mentioned, you just beat the defending champs last night. What is it about the Arizona Coyotes this year, Lawson, that brings out the best in you guys when you face the best teams in the NHL this season? I think it's just the challenge in itself, um, you know, knowing that you have to be mentally and physically sharp um, right from the drop of the puck. So, I mean, uh, you know, we've done we've done a great job against a lot of the top teams this year. And, um, you know, obviously our goaltenders have been have been fabulous for us and kept us in a lot of the games. So, um, you know, but we're going to need a total team effort tomorrow. And, um, you know, who knows what will happen. Lawson Krause, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I remember we had you back on in the summer when you signed your five-year extension with the team. And at the time, there was, you know, given the uncertainty of kind of the future and how it was going to work, Mullet Arena, was that going to work for you guys? There were some questions about the, the, the timing of that and whether, you know, what you were signing up for and things like that. Does the way you guys are playing so far this season somewhat justify your decision to latch on for five years and kind of match up with what your vision was? was with the team when you did sign that deal? 
Yeah, and I mean, I had no doubts uh, from the beginning. So, um, you know, it's been nice uh, for things to go well so far. And, um, you know, obviously, it's, I think with how we're playing in Tempe, I think that's, uh, you know, a credit to our team and, and the fans. And, um, you know, it's really, it goes even further to, to show that hockey, you know, obviously can do well in Tempe. And um, obviously, we want to continue to play well and um, continue to get the local fans out so that they can eventually go out and vote. Um, for the new rank, right? So, um, obviously, we're just trying to do whatever we can to get wins, and um, it's nice to do it at home. All right, I got a question for you, completely off topic, from a buddy of mine who covers the team. I'm supposed to ask you about your ginger beard, its evolution, mm-hmm. and its future, given that your fiance is not a big fan of it. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've, got, you've got the platform, Lawson. Uh, go ahead. Go. This is not exactly 60 minutes, Lawson, so yeah. now you're on the spot. Ginger but... beard, its evolution, uh, and its future. Go, Lawson, go. I'm not too sure what the future, fo- uh, what the future holds for it, but... Um... You know, I actually trimmed it a little bit over the Christmas break for, for Christmas Eve dinner, and uh, the fiance was happy about that one. So, um, you know, obviously I, I, I've been scoring a lot, and um, I'm not really a superstitious guy, but um, it's tough to uh, shave it off when, when you're producing. and um, So it's going to be around hopefully for, for a while. Lawson, don't tell her what happens when the playoffs start. Don't tell her. She's gonna, she's, she, I think she has an idea. Oh, <laughs> I don't know when the wedding is, but you might want to time that up a little bit with with potential playoff appearances, just in case she's not a big fan of the beard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would fly on wedding day. <laughs> probably not yeah. a giant beard down to your chest. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Hey, if you're worried about a beard... No. Don't marry a hockey player. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You're marrying the wrong dude if you're worried about a beard. There's no doubt. Lawson, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Congratulations on the win last night. Continued success to you guys. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. Anytime. Appreciate it, guys. Good stuff, man. Lawson Krause joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here. Tim Ring filling in for Gambo on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Atlanta Falcons, they've gone through a massive change this past season at the quarterback spot. They are in the top ten of the draft right now. What should we expect from their new QB1? What should we expect from the Falcons come Sunday? We'll head to Atlanta find out next on the Burns and Gambo Show.